live from Estopan All In. It's the Bamos Morados Podcast, powered by the state of Louisville. Welcome to another edition of the Vamos Morados Podcast, brought to you by the state of Louisville. My name is Benton Newman. You can find me on Twitter at PurpleSDF. And I'm Zach Allen Kelly. You can find me on Twitter at Zach W. Allen. Zach, it was LIPA week. The Louisville-Indianapolis Proximity Association football contest. That's Louisville versus Indy 11. I was pumped all week. What about you, Zach? Ah, you love life a week. I mean, you grow up as in Louisville, a little kid, you know, all the suspense build. You hear the stories of the 1800s when the Civil War soldiers took a break to, to fight it out and just a lot of history in this week. My father's father went to LIPA matches. My father's father's father went to LIPA's matches. So I got to make sure I get to LIPA matches as well. So always fun fixtures on, on the calendar, regardless of either team standings. Always something in it, especially this season where they came into our house twice and we did not manage a single win. Frustrating. Yeah, I think everybody definitely, you got the sense from the interviews with everybody going into this week that everyone had a chip on their shoulder about this this match especially i mean it's always like especially last two seasons i mean it's been kind of chippy you can tell that both sides consider it a big game but after what happened at home this season they really <laughs> wanted to send a message with this game i think yeah one 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 loss and one draw in life of this season for Louisville city so they had to secure a secure win we can't give them bragging rights i win in the series the the overall season uh what do you call that in a in a rivalry match the it's they still have a chance to win overall for the season yeah 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 and uh so we we needed a result there and then not to mention that but i feel like louisville city's form has kind of been shaky as of late it's been kind of inconsistent so i didn't i didn't know what we were going to get yeah but Let's uh let's dive into it and talk about what we did, what we got. All right. um, I guess first thing, start with the lineup. I would call this lineup probably our strongest starting, strongest, um, healthy starting eleven. It, it, uh, it, 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 one, I think one change, but close. Yeah. Who's your change? I'm curious. I think bone is in there in our strongest that, 11 that's why i said healthy. no 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 i i 1000 yeah. agree that's why i made made sure to emphasize um, oh there we go there. yeah yep because, I, I misunderstood you yeah yeah no i would or i would argue with any any best 11 that did not include corbin bone yeah i mean we got a lot of great players and it's, <laughs> but if you show me one that didn't have many i go no it's right i mean i think it's i think bone is probably the only with the injuries that is probably the only player you would sub out of this from you know not even taking injuries into account yeah i mean yeah. the fact that oscars played so little maybe you could argue that uh that somebody like a pat mcmahon belongs there but we won't get into the semantics the point is is that this is a strong lineup and i looked at this i'm like all right it's three points or bust which i don't know if you saw the uh, the video that kyle spriggs put together shout out to him by the way always doing fantastic work um it had some little like pre-match footage I hadn't seen before. And I mean, pretty much that was uh coach Cruz intent. Like it's, you know, it's all in, we're getting all three points tonight. 
which yeah. is what you would hopefully expect. But um, but yeah, the lineup definitely reflected that um, to me. Had they not gotten three points there, I think the division lead starts to look pretty shaky. I think they yeah. needed to to assert their position at the top of the yeah. The, I mean the the division table. They needed three points there. We have some breathing room, but uh, but not as much as that we would want. Yeah. I mean, I think winning the regular season is is pretty tall order at this point so i'm kind of I, not even worried i don't about think that it's that much. out of it's not it is no longer solely in their hands but it's not out of the realm of possibility right now yeah, that's, so that's how not, i would put it i'm not paying as much attention to that as i was previously so yeah. is what it is be pleasant surprise but i'm not expecting it um but anyway and not only for our own sake but we also had an opportunity india's fighting for their playoff lives and three points against us would have been huge for them so we, we had a good opportunity to really hinder that progress and put them in, in, in even more jeopardy. So we'll add an incentive there. Now, um, one thing I did want to ask you is what was your, your take on the formation? Now, generally, when, when I look at these different online resources, they're pretty consistent across the board on, on what the formation is. But Fot Mob. And, yeah, I don't think uh, Fot Mob had the formation right. I was going to say Fot Mob and, and Football Reference had them differently. It was four three three written in um, in Football Reference, but Fot Mob had the three four three. But I think, I think the, Football Reference had it correct. Yeah, I was going to say that's that's it, that, say that as well because that like it was a four three three with Oscar and Jogo on the wings in the back because yeah. the way they played it was not like Jogo was in the midfield and Oscar was in the back line. They they were both on the back line. Yeah, that's kind of how I felt as well, but that's why I went to probe your brain on that one. So, yeah, good old good old faithful, as I call it, the four three three. Yeah, unlike it, I think the match we was it last week. Uh, that actually was a three four three. Yes, yeah, that was that last game. week. But yeah, uh, yeah, this week that was that was just a listed weird. I think. Yeah. Okay. All right, let's get into the match itself, and I thought this was a really interesting match, like. Indy, I, you know, I'm, I'm going to give Indy a little credit here. I thought they came out at least initially with a game plan that was working pretty decently. They were playing a really high press that was, so anytime we were trying to work out of the back, they were, they were making it difficult and they were getting interceptions. And I, I just thought it was, it was strange how effective they were. Usually Louisville city kind of takes control of a match and pretty much hangs on to it. Like pretty much regardless of the opponent, but uh, wasn't so much the case here. I, I think it was really interesting. This was a lot more of a chess match, I felt like, than than you see a lot with with Louisville's matches. I think typically Louisville executes really well, and so you don't see a lot of tactical back and forth. But it seemed like in this game, Indy Indy came into it with a really good game plan that definitely threw them off at the start. And then I thought Louisville also adjusted really well and took advantage of of that high high press really well for the rest of the game yeah it wasn't yeah their indy's strategy was not a not a foolproof one but it was working really well and i mean i think for the most match the possession was relatively even but but by the end like we like uh, over two-thirds of our passes were in our own half which is kind of indicator to me of the quality of possession yeah so i mean and again i think that's a testament to to how they played so that's probably as much credit as i'll give into this match but it was yeah. was pretty well and a completely 
different tactic than Indy has used against Louisville. I mean, it, I can understand why it maybe caught Louisville City off guard at the start because Louisville or Indy has not really played Louisville that way before. Um, previously, their strategy has always been put 10 people in the box at all times and just <laughs> weather the storm mm-hmm. uh, and try to maybe catch a break. Uh, but yeah, they, I was, ha- I mean, I think it's a much more fun to watch game when teams come out and press like that. So yeah, it was it was very interesting to watch from a, you know, from a soccer strategy perspective. Uh, but the first half, we didn't see a lot of shots or at least quality shots that are worth us mentioning. Yeah. At the 13 minute mark, they um, they fired off one. It was kind of far out from an angle, it was a little low, little quick shot that uh, that Hubbard deflected out. Um, that was really the one big one of note in the earliest part of the match. He didn't um, have a lot to do, but I thought Hubbard had a good game. Yeah, in the, uh, the, the in the very few chances he had to fa- face, he did well. I agree. Yeah, there was one particular later on that that he did a good job saving. But um, I did want to bring up it was probably about the twenty-ish minute mark. There's a little dust up about midfield, a little shoving match, and in the, in the center of it, the one arguably who started it was Tyler Gibson. For those who are unfamiliar, he's a former Indy Eleven player now with Louisville City. Um. So and I, and it just the, the the first thing that came to my mind when I saw that is a few weeks back on Twitter. I mean, somebody was saying something to the effect that guys like Tyler Gibson and Jimmy McLaughlin have to score like X amount of goals b- before they're like adopted onto our team or whatever. And I didn't really agree with that. <laughs> and, and so I tweeted out like, you know, I mean, that's that's your indicator right there. Like he's he's full on purple. He's he's our guy now. Yeah. So I just, you know, I, I just I love seeing those kind of intensities in those matches and, and fire <laughs> came out of, of dust-ups. You reminded me I wanted to bring something up. So how early do we think Hopano is going to get a yellow card this season? What, what we, what you, what's your over on yellow card or, or a, yellow, card? a yellow, a yellow card that how, because he keeps getting the, the talking to from the ref, uh, pushed earlier and earlier into the game. It seems like every game <laughs> this was, year. I think I think he got of, a full he got a full warning from the ref like in the first ten minutes of this one. Oh, he yeah he. I mean, he set some some records time wise getting those. But I think he's one of those players at this point. Like the refs know who he is, and so he has a he already has a shorter leash. Which... Are we gonna get a first ten minutes of the game yellow card from Hopano before the end of the year? I'm sure it will happen. I think so. I think that's my over/under is 10, 10th minute. I don't that. Yeah, you know, I like the intensity and stuff that players like him bring, but sometimes I wish they'd be a little more selective in the battles yeah, that they pick. I, I wish he would pick his spots a little better sometimes because he needs to stay on the field. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, that's being nitpicky, but anyway, um, yeah. I mean, besides that, the one shot we mentioned from Indy, there wasn't a lot happening, particularly Louisville City. I don't know if they got off like any shots in the first. 35 ish minutes yeah it was it was a very slow start because most of the ball was was in our half but thankfully our defense was doing a very solid well, it, job on and it's a weird case where the ball was in our half but i mean indy was not getting shots out of it for the yeah, most part yeah. exactly that's what i was about to say is that our defense did a very solid job just locking things up and not allowing anything quality to happen against us so Bit of a bit of a stalemate there, and I think 
props to um props to indy tactically i mean that was that was a good game plan but it definitely caught louisville off guard to start that match oh i agree yeah i definitely think they deserve props for that but there were some cracks in the armor and we and there were some it. adjustments yep so it was the 41st minute we had secured the ball and you know obviously they're pressed very hard into our half and so we we, we began a counterattack. and and as their defenders are trying to rush backwards, Jorge Gonzalez sends a beautiful leading pass to Antoine Hopino, who somehow is able to secure the ball kind of in traffic. There are two other defenders around him at the time that it reached his feet, but he, you know, he got it through. He's still ahead of the defender and took a after shot. The, that... <laughs> after the run of luck we've had last couple of weeks, I told you that some of those were going to bounce in a favorable direction at some point. You're right. Yep. It did. I mean, and even when after he did get by the defenders and got the shot off, like it looked kind of close at one replay angle. It almost looked like it went between the goalie's legs. I well, don't know if that's actually what happened, but it was close. I mean, he had to. To really turn on the afterburners to beat the goalie to the ball, because it was sort of a 50 50 ball. It's oh, after yeah. after the defender came in and it bounced and sort of deflected off of the hope and o and bounced forward. That was uh, to me, it looked like at least like a 50 50 ball. And he really worked to beat the keeper to that. Yeah, um, he was, I mean, really he was, made the keeper keeper pay. Yeah, he was hustling. It wasn't totally in possession, even to like he was hustling so hard that he collided with the keeper. Um, on the actual shot. Itself. I don't know how he didn't take more of a knock on that. Cause it looks like a pretty rough collision on both sides. And he, he didn't, he wasn't even limping. Like he, yeah. he would have never noticed anything happened to him. Yeah. I mean, I'm fine that he's fine. <laughs> oh yeah. Not so goal number one and kind of crack this thing open a bit. Um, you know, again, it was just, Almost a little unexpected, given how the the rest of that first half had yeah. went. Well, Pleasant I, surprise. A smart a smart adjustment to start playing fast. I mean, that's how you beat the press is to really don't to really limit the number of passes it takes you to get up the field. Just mm-hmm. quick combinations. Yeah. So a good tactical adjustment from yeah. from Louisville on that. And. Um, Right before the end of the first half, Cameron Lancaster got off a shot near goal off of a corner kick. That was body blocked. That I thought if that body wasn't there, that could have quite easily have been a goal there. So we we almost got two, yeah, in the first half. But you know, body got in the way. But we still did enter the locker room up one nothing away. Felt good. So, Where you want to be sitting? Felt very good. I mean, match wasn't done, but I was uh, I was pretty pleased thus far what they were what they able to do at least as far as the turnaround goes. Yeah, especially given again the the tactical decisions that Indy had made. So on to the second half, the fifty minute mark was the was sh- the shot I referenced earlier. Indy took a rocket of a shot towards goal, yeah. and Hubbard deflected out, and it was a really awkward deflection. It's almost like he had his arms together. It's almost like a like an ounce instead of volleyball. It's like you're about to hit a volleyball. He just threw his arms up and kind of s- smashed it out of the way. So it was, it was a weird save, but I mean, he saved it. So whatever works, yep. man. Well, and I, I, it was a, it was a shot. I would say not from a particularly dangerous position, but extremely well hit. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Had a lot of pace behind it. Yeah. So, um, match progressed a bit. Legs starting to get tired. I think uh, uh, now came in for Paulo de Piccolo before the next goal, which was at the 67th minute. And Antoine Hopeno, yet again involved in the bane of Indy's existence, <laughs> sending a really well-placed cross into the box that found the noggin of Cameron Lancaster, who hit a really nice lobbing header over the diving goalkeeper. Just, you know, just enough so it didn't go over the net, but went in. Yeah, I was going to mention just extremely great touch on that, especially for a header, because it you don't see people try to lob a keeper a lot with a header. Yeah, so uh, I think that was a tougher shot than, than some, some might th- think it was. You know, it yeah. didn't just well, bounce and, that way. Um, it, for me, it is the hardest kind of header, too, which is like a over your shoulder. It, it, the, the ball was coming from behind him, which are those yeah. are hard to control anyway um he had two yeah, guys right on him too so a there's, great there's, finish yeah there's a lot of complications to that one but i think props to uh i think jogo kicked that playoff in the corner yeah by like tracking down a uh a defender and forcing a bad pass that led to the turnover um that yep. led to the assist so yep you're you're correct it's a team goal but uh hope no i excuse me Cameron Lancaster scored the goal. And what I really appreciate is I've complained that the team doesn't do, do enough with their celebrations. Yeah. Give me something to work with. I'm a Chad Johnson fan. I, I want the theatrics part of this too. And Indy, when they were in our house, Jordan Hamilton, who's no longer with Indy was shushing our crowd. I didn't like that. So Cameron got a little bit of retaliation, plug in his ears and just shit eating grin right their supporters i think i think the problem was that all of the little city away fans were just too loud after the goal i saw online that maybe the (laughs) the indie supporters group maybe didn't appreciate how loud the little city section was after the goals and so he just he had to plug the ears to keep from getting damaged eardrum safety first man their twitter fingers i mean they weren't (laughs) even watching the match at that point (laughs) They're too busy dragging us in conversation at people like, come on, guys. I am not important enough for a supporters group account to be replying to. (laughs) Yeah, just, I mean, don't gatekeep how people, you know, be a fan. Like, if anything, they should be looking like, hell, this is an advantage for us. Like, we could be the loud ones. Like, we can dictate the atmosphere. We kind (laughs) of know we didn't need it. We so, don't have a lot of chances to prove we can support the team when they're down because they're never down. Yeah, I'm not going to tell somebody how to be a fan. So our fans <laughs> want to watch and enjoy the match and, you know, I don't know, wake up with a voice. Like, I respect that. I'm not normally one of the people up there yelling. Well, stuff. I mean, I, I don't want to. It, it was a dumb complaint anyway because the whole city away group was very loud. <laughs> that was not a problem. Yeah, they tucked them up in the in the nosebleeds, at least when we let in. I think I mentioned – um, like I, I had to step into the other room for a second to put my daughter to bed. And so I was not in the room when the first goal was scored. And I thought that Indy had scored because all I heard from <laughs> the other room was the applause on the TV. <laughs> and I was like, ah, oh, crap. And then I came in and saw that it was Louisville up by one. I was like, oh, wow, they, they got loud after that. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it's an angry loud, but <laughs> so anyway, we went up uh, to nothing and, I don't know about you, but I don't think there were any other noteworthy 
moments for the remainder of the match. Ah. I mean, we had a couple substitutions, but like you said earlier, like chess match, like it was very, very strategic play. So the oh, opportunities were somebody kind of somebody had a very good look near the very end of the game in like the last 10 minutes, I, I think. And I can't remember who it was though. Um, cause, <laughs> because my, uh, my, my score prediction was two to nothing. And I remember, um, <laughs> Oh yeah. You quickly hunted down that tweet. <laughs> See, I was right. I had that queued up. <laughs> yeah. I had that queued up. And then when the, when the shot was taken, I was like, ah, no. <laughs> so anyway. Very good. So we, Hey, one of us got a prediction, right? There we go. I, I, I said a thing online that ended up being correct. Like you've turned a corner. <laughs> Dogs and cats living together. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, it was a great all-around performance. The defense kept Indy very quiet. So if we're looking at the expected goals number for the Nazi XG, which by it's the a way. Smothering defensive performance based yeah. on that metric. <laughs> it was a 0.28, which by the way, if you're not very familiar with expected goals or XG, I took some time and wrote a piece about that. So I'd encourage you to take a look and I do my best to explain even using Louisville city examples. And this is a match was a pretty great example of not having very many chances. 0.28 is very low for a whole match. And I think it really, really spoke to our, to our team's defensive performance. And I was thrilled about it. Benton was very thorough on the piece. He even let me do a read through to, to make sure he didn't say anything super out of line. I need to make sure that I was portraying accurate information. I was, yeah. There's a lot in it. But yeah, I guess to to put that into context for just how great of a defense, if you, if you were to replay that game four times, basically, and the exact same shots were taken from the exact same place on the field every time, you would have expected Indy to only score one goal out of those four games. Not good, which is, Bob. Yeah. That is, that is a quite a good defensive performance. Yep. Yep. Compared to uh to Louisville's uh 1.26, but you which know, is part of- below average for them, but I, I think my my metric is I always like to see one goal difference between what you give up versus what you mm-hmm. get. So the they had a good enough defensive outing that they did not have to have a great offensive outing so. yeah not, not to mention the two goals that we had were kind of lower ish particularly the cameron's uh lancaster header um so we didn't necessarily need the xg you know number to to score i mean anybody can yeah. score any shot theoretically but yeah i mean so i i, I was just all around i was i was pretty excited about this match Big win against a rival on the road. We had been kind of shaky good. lately, particularly shaky on the defensive end, and we we righted that wrong a little bit. Well, and uh, looking at some of my, I, I like to keep those like five game average goals for and against and XG for and against trend lines. Just sort of mm. they, they help you see the shape of the season. And yep. they, I mean, they had sort of their expected goals have been extremely consistent all season. I mean, there's basically a straight line. There's barely barely any ups and downs there so that as far as the expected goals go they they haven't been on much of a slide but the actual goes for and goals against they hit a hit a real rough patch in you know the that that troubled stretch they had they for the first time in the season they had a five game period where they were zero on the plus minus 
for goal scored, which they've not, they had not done. It was only for one, one, one five game period, but they're finally after these last two um, last three games are sort of pulling out of that. And mm-hmm. they have, have a nice starting to build up a nice gap in the goals for and the goals against in that average. So, I mean, I, I didn't have many complaints after tonight. What I just hope is that we can keep this momentum going and not have this like back and forth yo-yo of, oh, here's a draw, here's a loss, you know, like kind of crap well, that I we've been having. Opponent-wise, for for the next two games at least, uh, they they have a little bit. Of, I mean, it's been a really rough stretch. Just it's they've played Tulsa a bunch of times, Oklahoma City a bunch of times, Birmingham. Uh, you know, it's it's been. I would say average to above average teams. They finally get to play some below average teams in the next couple of games. So yeah, like Memphis hopefully they is can our, continue to write the ship. Yeah, Memphis is our, our next opponent. Yeah. And then who's and who then follows Atlanta that? after that? Atlanta. So yeah. I mean, it, with with Atlanta, we've had our, our troubles, but Memphis yeah. we've always pretty handily beaten. So I'm hoping that trend continues. Yep. So all well, right. And Atlanta is yeah, they're they They're have like the they great. have that one player McFadden like he's kind of their team. Yeah. On my on my like XG chart for the season, they're they're actually close to but just a little worse than Memphis on that chart. So, yeah. So, we'll see what happens with those, but as usual, we should be expecting wins from those. Yeah. We'll see it though. All right, well, Zach, let's move on. We only have one match to talk about and you came up with a, a pretty fun idea yeah so i i i we i thought of this a while back but i sort of been keeping it in the back pocket for a week we only had one game um so i think a, something that sort of was mentioned like going around a little bit when we first got racing here was like i think people wanted like some sort of preseason game between the teams which i I don't know. I, I think a Louisville city versus racing preseason matchup is not like a super great idea. And I think even the players weren't really into that. Let's not do that. A thing I think would be a much more fun idea. And I think even maybe Niall mentioned that he, he thought this would be a cool idea too. I don't want to put words in people's mouth, but I thought I remembered that popping up in an interview, but anyway, I think it would be more interesting if we played a preseason or like a yeah a friendly match um against another team set of teams that have a men's side women's side partnership like north carolina or portland or chicago houston chicago uh chicago they're not oh you meant actually oh you mean like a formal partnership gotcha yeah like like north carolina that's the same organization yeah Yeah, just like that uh uh I mean, if I had to pick a team to play, it would probably be North Carolina. I think that would be the most interesting. We'll get to that after this. I, I think we should. Uh, but anyway, I thought it would be fun for me and you to pick who would who would we choose as our starting lineup in like a co-ed um, all Louisville lineup. So and I, the, the rules I wanted to lay down, I guess it would be. I think fairly normal like co-ed game rules. So there have to be five players from either team in the lineup at all times. I, I mean, we're just doing the starting lineups, but yeah. that, that's how, so there have to be at least five racing players and at least five Louisville city players at all times on the field. Um, 
I guess I'll throw this to you. I I was not sure how to handle uh, like injuries. If we're just going to pretend like everyone's healthy. Um, But I did want to say, since we're at the three quarter mark of the season, I didn't want to do it on theoretically who's the best. I wanted it to do it on the players that have had the best seasons this year. So like, I think the big one for me is like, I mean, Oscar is obviously one of my favorite Louisville city players, but as far as this season goes, he's just probably not played enough for to count for me in this. So yeah. just based on production this year, who is yours? All, all Louisville starting 11. Uh, I guess we can talk about formation too, a little bit if you want to. Yeah, actually, I actually made, I made two because I switched the formation, but I'm going to just talk about my, my, my first one, but I went, I went assuming that everybody was healthy and I agree with you. I went based off of, for the most part, season performance. I, I kind of have made some of my selections based off the formation itself. So, yeah. um, Do you want to maybe, I figured we could, since we're both going to have a goalkeeper, maybe we start in the back and work our, we go back and forth and work our way up the field. Yep. That works for me. So who's your goalie? All right. So I, I, I would have to think we're going to be in agreement on this one, but I think Michelle has got to be the, the keeper. Michelle, I would think. I, I mean, like Barbados, of course Rick, she has by far of the keepers between all the teams had the best year this yeah, year. No, I mean, no, she is <laughs> no offense to any of the dudes, but she is like, wow. Like, yeah. Well, I mean, we've just, we've mentioned, you know, uh, Hubbard, I think has had a below his personal standard of play season th- this year. And, and, I mean, Michelle has been like on her head for most of the year. So it would have taken a, a, another wild like for, like season from for somebody to throw in her from for me getting that spot there. So yeah, Michelle Betos, my goalkeeper. Welcome yeah. to the team, Michelle. Uh, you want to do the center backs? Just or I don't know what formation. I, I guess I have I, a four I, three three. Uh, my my the one I'm going to look at is 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 technically it's a. Four, it's a four-four-two diamond. Yeah. So we still have a four-back line. So you want, let's do the two center backs, I guess. Um, I think we're going to be the same here. I I can't imagine there'll be a difference here. So I I had Bonner and Tosh. Yeah, that's as, right. Yeah, that's that's the correct answer. Yeah, I I mean it's yeah not I mean no offense to anyone else, but that just seems like the obvious pairing back there. Um, yep. So Sean Tosh. I mean he's been outstanding for for Louisville City. Um, you know, he was what one of the on like the first team or something like that with the USL last year. I think he's leading the league in passes still. Yeah, so he's yeah. doing a great job. And and Gemma then Bonner, Bonner, I mean, that whole defense transformed as soon as she got here. Yeah, she's a she's a she's a major piece of the puzzle. So yeah, had to have her. Yeah. Um, and then uh, so I've done mine first. So you want to talk about the wings? Sure. So. Left back and right back. Um, yeah. I had Jogo and Emily Fox, yeah. which is what a lethal duo back there. Oh boy. I, well, and specifically, I am very excited about the pairings with the forwards that I have in mind with, with that. Um, but yeah, the Jogo, do you have Jogo at left back and Fox and, uh, at right back? Yep. Yeah. Yep. So, I mean, uh, the, the, the thought there is with them is that like on each of those teams, like, they'll both kind of play forward, but the other person on the other side is not really somebody like that. But when you have like two of those, yeah, that gives you some options. Oh, like uh, tactically, that's, that's fun. Yeah. So. And but the, I had, I mean, I was, I had some trouble with 
the midfield and the forwards. There was like a lot of tough decisions for me, but the the back line and the goalkeeper was, was like yeah. easy easy choice on all those. Now the at first I thought we were I'm like there's no way we like we're pretty much gonna have the same exact thing. But the more I thought about it, the more I'm like well you know maybe there's gonna be some variation. So I'm really curious on where things go from here. Now I mean I have gone back and forth on the midfield three like four or five times. Well, I want to so. out of here because you have, yeah, you have a four, three, three. So you just got, okay. you got so three people in the middle. Who since are we're going with assuming everyone's healthy, because that makes a change here. Because I, I am having, so Bone, Corbin Bone is in mine. And if he was not, that actually changes like two of the players. It would have, <laughs> it would have been a multi-swap. Because I, I had sort of thought like, I went position by position and said like, who has had the better year for their team? So this is not, I want to, I want to, make it clear that if someone is missing from either of the teams, it's not that they're not the top five on that team. It's just that someone on the other squad, I was having a better, better year at their position. Or in my Um, case, I'm trying to make the actual formation itself work. Yeah. And I'm trying to make the formation work. So I had midfield three, I had in the, the defensive midfielder position, I had Gibson. Okay. I think clearly between the two teams, I mean, that, that's a spot that racing, I think, is really, really needs a, a player there. Like if, uh, and so that, that was all Gibson for me. That's his spot. Uh, and then um, the, the other two, I had Bone as my attacking midfielder. And then uh, the central midfielder, I had Freya. Okay. The, the change I would have made. So if we, if we if we're doing this as if we're playing this game next week, um, and Bone is not available, I would have put McCaskill in Bone's spot and then had Paolo in Freya's spot. That would have been a two person change. But I think mm-hmm. if we're going injuries are not a thing. I think it's yeah, Freya, Corbin, and and Gibson. Very interesting. So. With my uh, four four two diamond, which for the record, I'm not really like a front two person, but that's kind of the first one I drew up. Um, the in well, the kind of- I, there's I think there's a good reason to try to make a front two work with the teams. We'll get to when we get to my top three. Yeah, anyway. that's fair. But um, so in that one, in the in the top of the diamond itself, I had Mr. Corbin Bone. He's been pretty outstanding this this season, and I view him as a little bit more attacking oriented, at least naturally attacking oriented yeah. than the, this other individual who falls behind him in more defensive midfielder role, which I have Mr. Paulo del Piccolo. Mm-hmm. He's, I mean, historically kind of played a little bit more back and I greatly respect his uh, game IQ and his leadership abilities. Mm-hmm. So that all added in. I love, I do, I do love me some Tyler Gibson, but he did not make the cut for me. Interesting. On the right-hand side of the diamond, I have Miss Savannah McCaskill. I think she makes a lot of smart plays and passes and help makes things happen. And on the left side, this this might be a little weird, but in the left midfield role, I put Brian Ownby. I know maybe he's technically more up, more maybe a, a more appropriate for a, a winger spot. Okay. But I could I could I couldn't leave him out. Yeah. He's just too much of a playmaker, and I think he can. I think he he'd be fine like with his his formation being a little bit technically back he can certainly play up a lot now one thing i do want to say on him is kind of a little bit unrelated i didn't make it work in this but i think he would make an um an outstanding central attacking midfielder like let him like free roam and like run around the middle like 
I get he's used to being on one of the wings, but I'd love to yeah. see him more centrally sometime. I think he, yeah. Typically, he likes to be on the wings because he can run. But I think if you got him going there in the middle, I think that'd be a lot of fun. That's one of my fantasy scenarios. Anyway, that was a little off topic. So those were my mid four in the diamond. Okay. And then, so yeah, I had four, three, three. So my three up top um, in the middle, I had Cam. And uh, I guess I will mention, like, probably when I don't think we're going to do the full bench, but I, I think. My for sure substitution is that Ebony checks in for Cam in like midway through that game. Probably I I, I wanted to fit Salmon on the field, but I think just with the lineup, I think mm-hmm. it's either her or Cam. I don't know if both of them side by side works unless you're playing like two up top. Um, and then I had on the right side, I had Ombi. Uh, and then on the left side, I. Well, I guess I'll discuss with you. This this was another one I, I went back and forth on because I I mean, if we're not taking injuries into account, I mean, that's Nadia on the left up there. But also, I don't know if Nadia has been here for enough of the season. I don't know. For, for when she's been on the field, then for sure her. If we're going the full year, then it's Kaiser on the left. That's sort of, that, that, that was, um, that was sort of a, yeah, I I know this is a lot of effort to put into a theoretical, but see, I mean, CC made my honorable mention list and with Nadia, I didn't ever, I wasn't trying to overthink that element. I was just trying to think of the best quality and also factor in the season, yada, yada. Um, But so I, I don't know. Like, I, I, I think it's totally fair to include Nadia. And my second one I did, I did have Nadia. That was a big switch I made. But uh, in mine, the top two were Cameron Lancaster and Ebony. Yeah. That's, I, I figured when you said you had a 4-4-2, that was... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, oh, one thing I want to mention on mine. That Emily Fox, Brian Ombi, right side of the field. Ooh. That, that would be vicious. Yeah. Yeah, I have uh, I had Brian on the left on mine. I guess you could swap him and 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 Savannah. Wouldn't be that big of a deal. Yeah, but um, I guess it will be. Fun. I can tell you my other one that it is. It was a it was a four three three. I did make a few ch- personnel changes. So uh-huh. in the center, I kept uh, uh, Corbin and Paulo, but I took out Savannah McCaskill and I put in Yuki. Okay. Because I again I really respect game iq and experience yeah. like that and she can get it to the people who are maybe faster at this point yeah especially if you have like jogo and emily who are gonna be bolting up there still kept brian own beyond one of the wings i put nadia in yeah. up on the other wing and cameron lancaster up top so that was my yeah, so my you would have the same version. top three up front yeah yeah so um, that was my adjusted one and if uh, if anybody wants to do their own and like send it to us on Twitter, I would be super interesting to see other people's theoretical, oh. like all Louisville starting 11. Yeah. I'm uh, going to, I'm going to tweet out my, uh, my lineup after this episode's yeah. airs within the next few days. We're recording on Sunday night. Um, just so people can pick it apart. Yep. <laughs> I probably put people on the wrong sides or whatever, but like, just, just work with me guys. <laughs> okay. So the right people on the right part of the field. Let's talk about, I guess some of our theoretical opponents, how we think this 
team would fare. So I guess we'll start. I mean, the team that seems like the most obvious one, it would be more fun if North Carolina was still in the USL championship, if they had not moved down. I think that that's, that's even more fun of a matchup, but North Carolina is, is interesting as a, I think as a matchup there. Well, I mean, North Carolina's men's side, I think it's just lacking too much. Oh yeah. Like, um, it, which, one which fun is thing is we'd probably see JT in that game. I'd say uh, they can't have loanies in there. There has to be some sort of cl- <laughs> they probably put some sort of clause in his loan thing where he can't play his, his own team. But yeah, no, yeah, I've been kind of keeping a quiet eye on, on JT yeah. Kamara, but that, and he's been I, doing real well down there. It'd be an interesting situation where the men's side is is far behind Louisville's men's side, but the women's side is like one yeah. of the best teams in the league. So I think that's a I. I think maybe I think that's a very good matchup. Uh, I think it's like slight slight edge Louisville in there, but I think it's definitely a fun game. I think we'd be the more complete team as far as yeah. pieces. Um, the team I would most not want to play would be Portland in this imaginary. Yeah, well, that's not fair. They have an MLS side. Yeah, well, I, got, I mean. I mean you just got a lot I just more mean, money to work with uh, from both ends, though. Like they have an MLS oh, side too, and, yeah. and and the best women's right. uh, side in the league. Yeah, that that's the my my nightmare matchup for this would be Portland. Uh, I think even the other ones that have an MLS side, I would not be as concerned. Because um, I mean, like we've beat MLS teams. I'm not. I'm not. I mean, super... it depends on the team. I kind of respect. Yeah, that's Portland. what I mean. Like, uh, like Diego Chara and then uh, uh, Valeri. Guys like, like that. I would rather play Houston than Portland in this theoretical game. Oh yeah, yeah. Houston, uh, Houston's sure. men's side is kind of trash. Yeah, um, yeah, and I mean Houston in, in WSL, I think it's kind of average. Yeah, so I, I think that one. Um, but I'd yeah, be, it, I'd be pretty confident that scenario. the lineup. I, I I think the most interesting game and probably Louisville's best chance at a win is. Well, I don't. I want to, but yeah, I think I think. Just because it's also a USL, even though it's League One, uh, yeah, North Carolina, probably who I would want to see us play in this theoretical game. Yeah. So, anyway, yeah, I'll be excited to see people's responses uh, on the old Twitter. What what kind of formations wherever they'd roll out, or what kind of holes poking ours? Yeah. So I'm curious to respond. So if you're listening to this, I'm curious to see Twitter, if anyone has a backline other than the what, <laughs> what we had. That that seems pretty locked down for me. If you have a, if you have a background that differs from ours, like I really I want to hear the explanation for that yeah. one. Like I mean, no offense to the other people we didn't pick, but like I don't know, thought that was a no brainer. Yeah, I quality. guess if you did three in the back, that'd be a different. Yeah, yeah, okay. you did like that's, a two four three. Yeah, that's different than you're almost picking like I don't. Yeah, it'd be different. But I don't think with the with the personnel, I don't know if that's the best lineup. Or the best formation. I wouldn't do that. Yeah. So, all right. Well, that was a fun thought experiment. I'm glad that you thought of that one up. Yeah. I, it'd be really fun if we could actually do that at some point as just like a friendly. Yeah. I, I would be, I would be into that. I'd be, I'm going to be interested to do this again in the future when some of these rosters have changed a bit more and see how our, our formation. You want to, you want to commit to this being an annual, like mid-season honor thing for us? Yeah. Let's do this. Yeah. Mid-season is a good time for that. Somewhere between midseason and like where we are now, like three quarter yeah, mark. Midseason yeah. intermeal. All, all uh, star break. Roster makeup. Yeah. Time. <laughs> yeah. There you go. 
that's good. So I like that. All right. Well, Zach, I think we've uh, we've run out of time. We got to talk about the great Louisville Indianapolis Proximity Association football contest win. We talked about our fantasy rosters. It was a good can time. Can we uh, can we mention that Ebony got to go got the call up for England, but still got to rock the sweet purple <laughs> gear. Oh. I forgot to mention that. Yes. Yeah. International call-ups. Yeah. Ebony. Yeah. She did get the. Does England often have purple? I first, first time I've seen it. Yeah. It's a, they're usually red. I mean, it looked really good. It was a, it was a sweet look, Yeah, but yeah, it was, it was a neat to see her in her, in her purple warmups for England. Yeah. That was a lot of fun. So I'm glad she's, she's on their radar and, and getting that kind of recognition. Yeah. What she wants. All right. Well, did you have any uh, anything else that I'm omitting? That's all. Any I other have. news? Cool. Slow, I mean, one game week, so slow news week for us. Nobody yeah. got fired this week. Yeah, not That's a lot fine. to talk about. Gives us time to. Yeah, nobody got fired. That's good. Um, yeah, gives <laughs> nobody us time we know to, of got fired. Yeah, gives us time to concentrate on the match and then do these fun little things. Yeah, thought experiments. So, anyway, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for tuning in and listening to us. If you have feedback on our formations, please yell at us on Twitter. You can find me on there at Purple SDF. You can file complaints to at Zach W. Allen. It's Zach with an H. I don't know if I've ever specified that. C-A-C-H. You know what's fun about your name, Zach? There's probably Allen, someone. There's, there's, a, there's probably a Z-A-C-K-W. Allen that's been getting a lot of soccer heat. I'll change my handle to that. But, <laughs> but you know what's, what's fun about your name? I haven't told you this, and I appreciate it deeply. Zach Allen Kelly, Z A K. Yep, that's my pinball initials. I do Z A K when I for my high scores on arcade games. It's incredible. It's I don't. I'm sure there's a word for it. the symmetry where it's happened there, but that's I love so it. Good. It's good. So, yeah, ladies and gentlemen, when me and Lori got married. I had to I had to hyphenate the names just so I could have a good <laughs> good initials. There you go. There you go. Thinking ahead. So, but thank you guys very much for listening. Hopefully next time that you listen to us, we're going to be talking about racing level beating Houston. Is that right? I'm saying that question Will, for him. It's the 26th when I play. Up. Yeah, Houston Dash. Yep, I'm right. Yeah. And then Louisville City take on Memphis. The Memphis Did I get one the date right on that? Uh, for which one? The Houston game set the 26th? Yeah, it's 26th. Next Sunday. Nice. A week from today, the day that we're recording, which is a Sunday. My my baby lack of sleep addled brain re- recall the thing. <laughs> there you go. Good for you. <laughs> all right. That's all we have for you guys today. Thanks for tuning in. We'll catch you guys next week. Make sure you check out the state of Louisville. They do good things. They help us out. I'm Los Marauders. See you guys.